Would you turn in your Bibles, please, this morning to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I want to share with you this morning about working together for a miracle. Working together for a miracle. I'm assuming that you received a bulletin this morning, uh, a sermon outline that will help you follow with me. And uh, the scripture truth, I believe that this passage communicates is this, that believing together, praying together, and working together can bring about a miracle. Amen? Just think about it. Believing together, praying together, and working together can bring about a miracle. I think everyone sitting here today are potential candidates to experience a miracle. Or you're hoping for someone who comes in this church who can receive a miracle. You know, this morning as I was standing in the lobby in between the first and second service, you know, I saw many who have come to this church today with wheelchairs, with some accessory, someone bringing them in, helping them to come. And you know what? Your desire is to meet Jesus. Amen? To meet Jesus. Or you want someone else to have that encounter with Jesus today so that their lives are not the same, but that they're changed. So if you follow with me, please, it says in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 and following, And when he had returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there's no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Verse 3, And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men, and when they could not near, get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let, him, let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do, you question, um, uh, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise up, pick up your pallet, pick up your bed, and go home. Okay, verse 12. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Amen? So the first thing I want you to notice in your outline is the host. There's someone in Capernaum. Now, Mark doesn't tell us who owned the house, whose house it was. He just tells us there's someone who opened up their house for Jesus to come and minister. I think all of us today who are sitting here at Thrive Church or watching online, I trust that you've already opened up your heart to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? We get to host God in our lives. We get to host the Holy Spirit. We get to host Jesus. We get to host the Father, right? We get to host them. But you know, beyond that, we get to host people in our neighborhood. And I want you to just think, if you're a businessman, are you willing to open up your business to say, I would like other businessmen and women to come to my business once a week where I could just pray for them, encourage them, give them a cup of coffee, talk about issues that we're all confronted with during this pandemic. How could we be better businessmen? How could we, better, how could we be better businesswomen? Think about you. If you're a single mother, are you willing to open up what you have to be able to serve others. You may be a youth or a young adult. What is it that you could do with the gifts, the talents, the abilities? The, you, know, you may be a good sportsman. What can you do to use that to be able to bring others to Christ? 
See, this person opened up his or her home to Jesus. Whenever Jesus came to Capernaum, that's where he stayed. You know, Jesus' ministry headquarters is not Jerusalem. Jesus did most of his miracles in Capernaum in Galilee. Think about that just for a moment. This person's home, their house is not mentioned, their name is not mentioned, but they hosted Jesus to do something great. Secondly, I want you to notice in verse 2, the crowds. See, Jesus drew crowds. You know, if you come to India, anywhere you go, whether you're on the bus, whether you're in a line somewhere, whether you're at the market, there's a crowd of people, thousands of people that you'll see any given day when you go down to the market. It's amazing. Jesus was able to draw crowds because something about him. The Bible says that he taught with authority. Second, he did things with compassion, quite different than what the Pharisees of that day did. I think something that we can today follow the attributes of Jesus, that you and I have been given the authority by him. Amen? Remember that. He says, I've given you all authority. Second, we also recognize the heart of compassion. What is it that draws people to Jesus? His heart of compassion. Crowds were drawn to him. See, many came hoping for a miracle. Many came just for that one word that Jesus would speak into their lives that would bring healing, that would bring deliverance, that would bring salvation. Many probably came to see the miracle that he had performed. The crowds. I want you to notice something about the crowds. See, the crowds can keep you from coming to God. You know that? The crowd can keep you from coming to God. You may be asking, Tim, what crowd is that? Sometimes we get crowded by busyness. We get crowded by our career, by our job. It may be about sports. Sometimes even our family can crowd us from coming to Jesus and spending time with Him and being with Him. Be careful what crowds you. The crowds came to Jesus. It's interesting. Mark says that there's no place, not even at the door. No place. It was so full. What I love about India and about Africa, no matter how many people there are, there's always place for one more person. One word in India, a phrase, they'll say, please adjust. What do they say? Please adjust. Even during the social distancing and all the norms and stuff, uh, they're right with you. They're right beside you. You get to smell the kind of deodorant they're wearing or not wearing. Okay? Because of the number of people, right? Third, I want you to notice the friends. In the middle of Jesus teaching this great crowd of people that's in the small house, and I want you to think not our size homes of 1,500 square feet, 2,000, 3,000 square feet. Often homes in Israel at that day may have been barely 400 square feet, 20 by 20, probably the size of our living room. Everything was in that. Even in India today, most of our houses are 600 square feet, probably 1,200. If you're rich, 2,400 square feet. Mega rich, it may be a little bigger. But most homes are small, so this house is full. In walk these four men bringing a paralytic, the friends. The third thing I want you to notice, the friends. You know what's interesting about the friends? When they brought their friend to meet Jesus, they saw the house was full. I'm just imagining Thrive Church. Lord willing, the next time I come, that you will have a board outside that says, house 
full, please come to the 12.30 a.m. or 12.30 p.m. service. Amen. Amen? That every chair is filled. Just think, the fire marshal is going to have to come and tell Pastor Sheldon, Pastor Sheldon, I'm sorry. You're going to have to have one more service. You're going to have to think about an evening service because the house is full. Just think, these four men come. They're so desperate. They've hauled him from home. They brought this man's body who was not able to move. And he is thinking, guys, you're embarrassing me. I'm a sight to see. You know, I, I, don't, you know, I don't want to be hauled by you. Just think, he had never been to a Christmas party. He never got to go to some house warming. He never got to go watch his grandkids' program or his children's program. He's brought by these four men. He is dependent on them, whatever they're doing. But you know what the friends do? They are not going to be stopped by the crowd of people in the house. Amen? They're not going to be stopped because this house is full. Their whole goal is to help bring their friend and meet who? To meet who? Jesus. That's, who, that's what their mission was. We have brought Joe today so that he can meet Jesus. We don't care about the great crowds of people. We're not concerned what is going to stop us. You know what some of us would say? Well, Pastor Tim, Pastor Sheldon, you know, we didn't bring him because we didn't feel it was God's time. I didn't feel it was a right, that it was God's will today to be healed. We give all our human reasonings, right, and excuses. But you know, these guys were so desperate, they got up on top of the roof. They bring this guy up there, and they start to break open the roof. And I want you to just think for a moment, the chiseling going on, the breaking up, the loosening of all the things of the roof, dust and debris falling down. I want you to notice in verse 1, the host. I'm just wondering for a moment, if it were one of us, would we say, well, my carpet's going to get dirty my furniture is going to get dusty. You know, when God starts to move and God starts to draw people, we're not going to be so concerned about the color of the carpet. We're not going to be so concerned about the superficial things on the outside. What our concern is going to be, you know, this morning, as I was watching some of the people come in at the walkers and the wheelchairs, God, we want to see them walking out with that on top of their heads. Amen. That's what God wants to do. And you know what? I'm just thinking this host, he had no clue what was happening. He just saw these guys breaking open the thing. Next thing, they've got ropes and they've got this guy brought down. And here's Jesus. Look at this. Jesus looks at those men. He saw their faith. Whose faith? The friends. Not the paralytic. I don't know if the paralytic even had an ounce of faith. He's just afraid of being more embarrassed. He had no clue what this is all about. He had just heard about this guy, Jesus, who does miracles. But the friends, he saw their faith. You know what? where they were? On top of the roof, looking down, because there's no place in the ground. All dusty, sweaty, dirty, smelly. Jesus saw their faith. He saw their desperation to bring their friend to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Verse 5, the Savior. What I love about Jesus he gets beyond all the superficial things. You know, sometimes when we come to church, we like to put the perfect smile. You know, we've had a fight in the car. A husband and wife have quarreled along the way. Kids have been scolding, fighting, and all this. We come to church. All of a sudden, the parking lot miracle takes place. We've got beautiful smiles, right? Everything looks so perfect when you come to church. Nothing's wrong. But you know what? Jesus sees through all that. Amen? Aren't you glad for that, that he sees through that? 
I know your pastor sees through that, and Pastor Michelle sees through that too once in a while because we all go through that. That's our struggle, right? Guess what? Jesus looked at that man and he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Wow. Jesus saw that he was a paralytic, but he saw something that had paralyzed him within, and that was the condition of sin that needed to be dealt with. Amen? See, when we come to the Savior, He's willing to do all the other things, to heal your marriage, to provide for you, to bring healing. But He's most concerned to bring the healing of your heart, to bring deliverance. And that's what Jesus was concerned about here. I love Jesus. He sees beyond the outside. He sees inward. The fourth thing I want you to notice is that whenever God is at work, wherever God is at work, you know what we also see? You'll always have accusers. Have you ever noticed that? Whether it be at your job or in church or at home, you can do the right thing, but there's someone who's always doing the nitpicking. They'll say, well, you did everything right, but you know, you're not doing this so well. Guess what? I struggle with that. I'm an ACDC kind of guy, alternate current, current and direct current, right? This perfectionist kind of thing that I struggle with. And sometimes my family gets hurt and annoyed by me because I pick on those little things, right? That perfectionism. And you know what? These guys are concerned about what Jesus said. What did he say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Their thing was, who are you to forgive? Are you God? Are you God? Do you have the authority? The accusers. I want to encourage you, if you are a person of that kind of a spirit, I hope you, there's none like that here, but if you are, would you see the bigger picture of what God is doing? Would you see the bigger picture of what God wants to do and look beyond what we hear, what we see, to say, God, what is it that you want to do in me and through me, through our church? Amen? Amen? I think Jesus understood that. So immediately he perceived in his spirit, and he says, which is easier to say, son, your sins are forgiven, or to say, son, pick up your pallet and walk? In the outline it says, pick up your wallet and walk. Okay, that's the spelling error. Because picking up a wallet and walking out would be easy. But picking up his pallet, picking up the mattress that they had bought, brought him on. Okay? See, I want you to notice next the miracle. The miracle. See, Jesus is concerned about changing your destiny. He's concerned about changing your life. Would you agree with me? Amen? No matter what our past, no matter what baggage we have brought in our lives to Thrive Church, no matter where we have been, He's not just concerned about where you'll be, but He wants to help deal with the past. I like what Jesus says, Son, pick up your pallet and walk. You know, this morning, some of us have come here with our own pallets, with our own mattresses of the past. The mattress of unforgiveness, the mattress of marital problems, divorce issues, family problems, unforgiveness, it may be bitterness, it may be resentment, it may be anger, it may be addictions that have held on to you, that you have held on to, strongholds that need to be broken in your life, that God is calling you today. I know what's interesting in this passage, if you look at verse 12, please. Verses 11 and 12. I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. 
And he arose and immediately picked up his bed, and he went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. And it's interesting. The very mattress that brought him to Jesus. Now Jesus says, get up, take that mattress, and go home. Interesting, isn't it? The very thing that brought him to Jesus, your shame, your guilt, your sin, whatever it is of your past, now Jesus says, it's no longer going to carry you, but you're going to carry that as a testimony as you go outside. Amen? Amen? So this morning, you may have scars in your life. You may have issues of the past in your life. You know, you may try to scrub it all away and say, I don't, wanna, I don't want that to be a part of my life. But you know, sometimes God uses that as your testimony for His glory. Amen? See, interesting, Jesus could have just ignored something about the mattress. Okay, what's the big deal? But when you look at it, the very thing that had brought him to church or brought him to that house, now he was going to haul out. Hey, why are you hauling that mattress? What's wrong with you? Well, here's the story. That mattress actually brought me in because I couldn't walk. I was paralyzed. But now as I'm leaving, Jesus has touched me, and my life is not the same. Amen? And as we close this morning, I want you to just think about this. The end result. The end result. Verse 12. And they were all amazed by this because they had never seen anything like it. I wonder what it is here at Thrive Church that God wants to do today. I wonder what it is that God wants to do in your life. What God wants to do in your life as you're watching online. How He wants to change you. This morning, are you willing to be a host for God to work in and through? Think about it. Are you willing to be a friend who's willing to let down the ropes for someone to meet Jesus? It may be that God is asking you to change your attitude towards other people, other races, other backgrounds, other cultures. Sometimes the way we treat the poor. Lord, has my attitude been wrong? It may be today that you have been focused on the superficial on the outside. But God is calling you to focus on what is more important, of looking in the heart. It may be this morning that God is calling some of you not to ignore your past, but to bring that pallet to the Savior. Bring your mattress to the Savior so that He could touch you and allow your past, your mattress that brought you here to be a testimony for Him. Pastor Sheldon, would you mind if I just gave an altar call this morning, just for a moment? You know, this morning, as I get ready to turn it over to Pastor Sheldon, you know, you may be here and you're saying, Tim, Something in what you shared from this passage has spoken to me. I've been convicted. I've been challenged. I've been encouraged. Would you just come this morning and just stand here? I want to pray for you. Whether God is calling you to be a host, you've been hesitant in this day of COVID, all the fear, all the, uh, uh, the paralysis. Some of us may not be physically paralyzed, but we have become crippled by fear because of COVID. 
But today God is calling you to be a host. Would you rise up and come? God is calling you to be a host at your home, probably have a Bible study, at your business, somewhere. God is calling you to be a host. Some of you, God is calling to be a friend to someone. There are many out there who don't have friends. Would you be willing to say, Lord, here I am. I want to be a friend. Some of you this morning, we need to change your attitude. Attitude towards a pastor, attitude towards a church, attitude towards others. You know that it's wrong. You know God is saying, I need you to change so that I can work through you. This morning, don't let the past paralyze you. But would you just come today and say, Lord, I bring to you my mattress. What has held me so long today, I want to give to you so that I can walk out and that be a witness for my life. Shall we pray? You know, you may not have responded this morning to the altar, but wherever you are, whether it be online or as you're seated, would you make this commitment today? Father, I thank you for those who have responded to be a host, to be a friend. Lord, if it's been a spirit of accusation, that that would melt away. Lord, if some of us have tried to ignore our past, ignore, God, what we have come through, that pallet that brought us to the cross, I pray that we would not leave this place the same but that we would carry out that pallet so that it's used as a testimony for you. I thank you for those who responded today, God. Lord, at whatever level you've spoken to them, I pray that as they leave this place, that you'd make them an agent of healing, an agent of hope, to be a person who lets down the rope. And I pray for everyone, God, today here at Thrive Church and all who are watching online, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we read in the book of Acts, that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and He went about doing good in all the places. He did signs and wonders and miracles and He helped people and He set captives free. I pray, Jesus, today that that same Spirit would fill us so that we can do great things. May we be a friend of God because You call us friend. May we also be a friend of the world that are so desperate and willing to lead them to you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We give you the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you and thank you so much. Amen. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share. Share with your friends, coworkers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.